one of my most powerful spiritual gifts. I mean, the spiritual gift that I have that trumps every spiritual gift, the talent that I have that overcomes every talent that God has ever given me, the thing that I am absolutely the best at, number one, no one's even a close second, is worry. I'm phenomenal about worry. I can worry about anything. I can worry without even trying. I can worry about things recreationally. On my day off, I can worry about things. And while I'm working, I can worry about things. I can worry about things. I'm a multitasker in my worry. I can do other things and still have worry in the background of my mind. I can worry while I'm sleeping. I can worry while I'm awake. I can worry while I'm having a fantastic time and while things are not going so well. I can worry at any moment and any part of the day about anything. I'm exceptional at it. Anybody else here who's good at worry? Yeah, just like three or four of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty good at it, right? And you do it effortlessly, don't you? All the time. Now, I don't know about you, but this has been a family tradition of mine. I come from a long line of worriers. Anybody else come from a long line of worriers? Yeah, we have a tradition of worrying in our family. It's very, very powerful. But here's the thing. I have a question for you, and, and I want us to think about this question as we look at our text. But before I ask, tell, ask this question, I want to say that we're at the final leg of our sermon series, uh, The War. And we talked about in The War, we talked about this incredible, beautiful gift that God has given us in himself. He's given us himself to go through every circumstance and every obstacle in life. And what he's done is he's shown us every gift that he's, not every gift, but these major defensive armor that he's given us for the war of life, for the difficulties of life. And so he's given us the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the, the, um, the, the belt of truth, the shield of faith. He's given us the sword of the spirit. He's given us all these things. And what we want to do is we want to tie it all in today and see how this actually functions in our lives. So what we're going to look at is prayer. Now, the reason that doesn't shock you is because we know as Christians we're supposed to pray. But in order to wear the armor that God has for us, we have to be people, not a person, people of prayer. Now, here's the deal. Many times we don't pray because we worry. In fact, I have a question for you. Why pray when you can worry? Why even bother praying when you can worry? Don't bother. And we just talked about, we just confessed. Didn't you and I just confess that we do it recreationally, that we do it in focused times and unfocused times, we do it in good times and in bad, we do it with multitaskers in our prayer, in our worry. Now watch this. We worry because we don't pray. Worry is present because prayer is not. Worry is evident. Listen, I just, I, I'm, not, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me too. 
Worry is evident in my life because prayer is absent. Why pray when you can worry? I remember, I didn't invent that. Uh, nothing I invent. You should know this. I'm a, one of my greatest, another great uh, spiritual gift that I have is theft. I steal everybody's ideas. And so I'm like, awesome. Some of you are going, you too. <laughs> except, yeah, except you don't steal ideas. You steal, okay, never mind. So something that naturally comes out of us, we worry, we worry about our marriages. We worry about our health. We worry about not growing old alone. We worry about our money. We worry about our kids and our grandkids. We worry about where our job's going to be. We worry, worry whether or not we're going to stay clean. We worry whether we're going to act out on the sin that so has, has us entangled. We worry about our weight. We worry about our marital status. We worry, we worry about all these different things. God is calling us to wear the armor of God. And he's calling us to wear the armor of God through this beautiful thing, this beautiful thing called prayer. And so here's the deal. I know, listen, every time, every time I talk to, I can't think of one time where I've talked to a Christian and I said, hey, how you doing? Now, when I go, I go how you doing with prayer? Oh, my goodness, I pray all the time. This is what I hear from people. I, pray, I never, who here prays all the time? None of y'all are going to raise your hand because I set it up that way, right? But all of y'all, if I asked you, would say, hey, do you pray? You'd be like, yeah, I pray. I pray going to the bus station. I go pray. What we're talking about is the kind of prayer that looks an awful lot like a positive focus of worry. In other words, what I'm saying is imagine if worry was prayer. That's what that would look like. In other words, we would have concentrated times of prayer where, like, we wake up in the morning and we would be praying and then throughout the day, we would stay in a spirit of praying. And then as we fall asleep, we would be praying. And as we wake up, we would be praying. And we would put certain times in our day to pray. The kind of prayer that we're talking about here is the kind of prayer that most of us don't do. And I'm even talking to you guys who think that you're mature. The guys here who just because you have an hour in the morning or 15 minutes in the morning, I found this about prayer, that it's about prayer that we could deceive ourselves the most about. And here's how it goes. So, like, I, I, I started a journal. I started a journal of prayer, and one of the main reasons why I started my journal is because I was convinced that I had lied to myself about my frequency in prayer. So what I did was I literally started a journal, and if you open my journal, it's upstairs right now. I wrote in it today. I have the date and then I have whatever prayers I write out. Sometimes I put the scriptures that I've memorized or written or, or whatever, but it's definitely the date and I write out. You know why I did that? Because I convinced myself that I pray every day, and I didn't. I didn't. I was lying to myself. I had two or three times out of the week where I would pray for an hour. I was like, yeah, I pray every day. No, you don't. No, you don't. So I put it in my notebook. So there, there are days where I have to, and every day I have to write the, the date. And there are days where I write the date, right? I go 11, uh, what's today, the 18th? 19, good luck. 11, 19, 17, 
and then I would just leave a blank because I knew at some time there are two and three of those, four and five of those stacked together. See, even those of us who are here, we don't do the kind of prayer that God is asking us to do. I mean, don't get me wrong. We put on the Christian music and we have tears, but it's not the kind of prayer that we're talking about here. So for those of you who are very, very mature and think that, oh, good news, the rest of these people really do need this, or, or thinking, or if you're here thinking, oh, well, everybody else needs to hear this message except me. You, you need to listen to this message. I mean, you really need to listen to this message. So why pray when you can worry? The reason we pray it's because we seek after a holy God who knows what's going to happen in the next 300 years. And we don't know what's going to happen in the next 30 seconds. We pray because God is our delight and our satisfaction. We pray because he is the one. He is the one who gives us our happily ever after, not the preferred consequences that we want. Like right now, we just prayed for two people. And when you prayed for uh, Teresa, did you pray that she would, learn, she would suffer well? Did you pray that while she's sick, that she would be able to not only endure, but grow closer to Christ and be a reflection of Christ to those who are caring for her? No, no, no. We only have one prayer when we hear somebody sick. There's only one prayer. What's the prayer? Anybody know? Heal her. And you know and I know that healing is a temporary thing. Every healing that comes from God is a temporary thing. You don't believe me? Try to find Lazarus. Lazarus was risen from the dead, and then he died again. You do know this, right? Lazarus died again. Because it was a temporary healing. So it is. See, our, our prayers have to mature. Our prayers have to get broader. And God knows this about ourselves. And, and he knows that we're fixed to pray only about what pleases us. We're fixed to pray not about what his glory and what his ideas and what his thoughts and what his honor is about. We're fixed to pray only on our own ideas and our own thoughts. And so he put this passage in there. Now, I'm going to connect. I'm going to try to connect 14 through 20. But let's look at 18, because I don't want to miss this. This is our major focus for today. Um, we're going to stand at the reading of God's word. I don't know if I'm going to get to 19 and 20. I'm not going to extend this series another week. Um, but I am going to try to hit 18, and maybe I can touch on 19 and 20. But let's look at this. On the count of three, one, two, three. And pray. Okay, let's go to verse 18. Yes. Verse 18, nice. One, two, three. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I may, will fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. 
Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. This is God's word. Please be seated. So Paul has put this all together. He's going, he started in verse 14. Do you remember? He goes, stand firm then. And then he gives all the, um, the, the armor of God. He goes, stand firm and verse 14. Now, many scholars believe that this is what Paul is connecting this prayer to. This verse 18, and pray. So he would say, so some scholars would say, you could almost read it like this. In verse 14, stand firm then, then jump to verse 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. Stand firm then and pray in the spirit on all occasions. Now here's the deal. You got to know this. That to stand firm and to walk in the armor of God, we have to be people who are praying in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That prayers have to be more present than our worry. That prayers have to be more natural than our worry. That prayers have to be more, and you know, like, and this is powerful because when you think of, and this is why I started with our worry. When you worry, it changes you. Does it not? When you worry, does it not, like, I mean, you could, you could be in the a winter's day and you could find perspiration on your brow when you worry. Is that not true? Isn't it true sometimes you can get out of breath? Isn't it true that you can have all sorts of um, uh, illnesses and, like, you could find yourself throwing up. You could find yourself getting gallstones. Like, it could get really bad physically because worry affects you, not only in your physicalness, but worry also affects you in the decisions that you make. Isn't that true? You make decisions based on when you worry that you would, you would go, what was I thinking? Well, I was worried. I didn't know. I, I, I panicked, you would say. Prayer. It's supposed to be like that. Prayer is supposed to be this all-consuming thing that actually changes the way you feel in the moment. It's supposed to change. Prayer is, not, uh, um, prayer is not directed by your circumstances, just like worry is not directed by your circumstances. Isn't it true? Everything that could be going perfect in the day, and you could find yourself in prayer and miserable. Have you ever met a worry wart? Have you ever been a worry wart? And you know this about worry warts. They could be having the most perfect day given to God, given by God to man, and they could be miserable in that day. You know why? Because the worry, their focus, their energies, it's changing the way they behave, the way they think, the way they feel. That's the kind of prayer God is talking about here. Prayer, the kind of prayer that knows his God and knows how much God loves him. It says, and pray in the spirit. Let's pause there. In the spirit. Listen to me. Come close. This is important. When we pray in the flesh, it just builds more worry. Our job is not to pray in the flesh. That is, to be a person who prays only according to what I want. 
Only according to why? Because everybody knows that the only thing that could be good for you is what you want, right? So, like, here's the deal. If, if my kids had their way, or if anybody's kids had, it's not necessarily my kids, this is just the truth. If, my ki- if our kids had their way, the, the idea of a, a healthy uh, or a full uh, dinner would be like donuts and chocolate and ice cream and Twizzlers and nacho cheese, right? Right. And the reason that they would do that is because that's what they like. That's what they prefer. But we are like that in prayer. We think that the only thing that's good for us are the things that we like. My wife asks me all the time, you know, my family, you know, it'll be a, a, a day or something like that. And my, my family, you know, a special day. And my family will go, hey, Ed, do you want ice cream? And almost always I'll go, yeah. And then she goes, oh, so how much do you want? I was like, no, 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 no. Don't give me any. Do I want some? Yeah. But don't give me any. Because to want something doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have it. And so to be a prayer, a person who prays in the spirit is to recognize that there may be things that I presently desire that are no good for me. Am I talking to anybody here at all? (laughs) Listen to me. Listen to me. There might be something that you're praying about or praying for that God is like, if I gave that to you, that would, it would give you spiritual cavities. It would hurt you deeply. So God says, I don't want you to pray in the flesh. God, please, please give me him, give me him. God, God, please, please give me her, give me her. No, 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 no. Beloved, beloved. If I did what you wanted, you'd be suicidal four years from now. And, and here's the thing. We can only see what we see. We can only feel what we feel. But that's why I'm trying to tether. I'm trying to make a connection for you. That prayer changes the way we feel. And pray, prayer is like worry. It changes the way we act. It changes the way we feel. It changes how we do on the inside and the decisions that we make on the outside. Prayer changes us because we're to pray what? In the spirit. And so being able to say in a circumstance like what we just talked about, God, I have no idea if this is the right person for me. But here's what I know. I know that I've sinned before you by having sex with them before marriage. And so, God, would you just break me of my own sin? Would you deliver me from my fleshly longings? And would you... Not just bring me Mr. Right, but would you make me Mrs. Right for when they come along, they'll be able to recognize me. See, that's a different kind of prayer, isn't it? See, but it's praying in the spirit. It's going to God and saying, it's not about me. What does this mean? Now watch this. How do you walk around with the breastplate of righteousness? Well, you walk around because the righteousness, you walk around in the righteousness that Christ has given you. He is your righteousness. And so you pray in the spirit, God, I need in that moment, you pray, God, give me the righteousness that's found in Christ, that I may walk in the righteousness that is Christ Jesus. See, that changes the way we pray. Pray in the spirit. On all occasions, that means every moment. Remember what I said about worry? That we could wake up worrying and go to sleep worrying and everything in between worry, right? 
Well, Paul is making this incredible point that we're not only to pray in the Spirit, but it's not supposed to be infrequently. Yesterday I was having a conversation with someone, and uh, he, uh, the, the, the person who was talking to me was saying, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm really struggling, I'm you know, going through. So I said, hey, where do you find yourself? Do you find yourself running to Jesus, or do you find yourself running to Satan when the tensions come up? And he goes, oh, you know, it's kind of both. I said, let me rephrase the question. Do you find yourself regularly running to Satan? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's go into prayer about that. Let's ask, because it's on every moment and every occasion. So it's, it's this way. So when your spouse is meeting your needs, you have a prayer of thanksgiving and joy, and you feel wonderful about that, and you thank God, because God is the giver of every good gift. So your spouse is not your idol. God is your joy. And when your spouse is not meeting your needs, you're glad that your spouse is not your joy because Christ is your joy. Because right now your joy is not found in your spouse, but it's found in Christ. So I can be fulfilled and satisfied whether my marriage is going what I think is well or whether my marriage is... Listen, in all occasions, what does all occasions look like to you? Let me ask you, have you been praying about a particular thing for a long period of time? Has that been your story? Like, I, I know I have family members, I'm telling you, I've been praying for for decades. I pray for my kids all the time. I pray for my sister and my brother and my father who wants nothing to do with me. I pray. I pray for my mom who's mentally ill. I pray. I pray. And I tell you, with my mom, she's getting better. She's not getting better. With my brother, he's as far away from God as the east is from the west. With my, my dad, he wants nothing less to do with me now than he did yesterday. But I pray in the spirit on all occasions when things are going well and things are not going so well. When my joy is evident and when depression sets in. When in every circumstance, it's going the exact way I want it to. And in every circumstance, I was, the other day I was watching, um, we have, anybody have, um, ah, what's that, what's that, um, Hulu? Hulu was it that we were watching? Okay, so, okay, so Hulu. Big advertisement for Hulu, right? $8 a month, right? We are not paying a cable bill. So we go, um, so we have Hulu, so we do this, this thing. And it has this show. Anybody heard of it? It's been on for like two decades. It's called The Amazing Race. You heard of the show Amazing Race? Okay, let me give you a little uh, skinny on it. The Amazing Race is a series of couples who go throughout the entire world like finding clues and finishing races. And so the, the, the deal is to finish the race, right? So there were these two, I don't know, I think they were cheerleaders or something like that. I don't know. But I, I, I sat down and the girl was just crying. Now, She's like in Africa. Like she's, she, in, in a few minutes, she doesn't know this, but in a few minutes, she's going to do like this bungee cord thing that she's going to remember for the rest of her life. It's going to be awesome. She's going to jump off a ravine. It's incredible. But she's like this. She's there. She's She's wise. She's like, I don't know, man. It's just so hard. You know, and I'm thinking, you're in Africa. You're having, you're like, you're going to be on a safari in just a few, like in 20 minutes, at least according to the episode, in 20 minutes. 
You're going to be on a safari. You're going to jump off of a cliff. You're going to have the time of your life. She goes like this. She's crying, and she's saying, you know, it just feels like we have to work so hard to get to every little place, and we always wind up in last place. And I just don't. And she was so discouraged, and she was so. And I, I remember looking to my, uh, I think it was my daughter, and I said, the, she acts on the outside the way I talk to myself on the inside. Like, it was easy to make fun of her because I was like, oh, gosh, yeah, the problems of a cheerleader in Africa. Oh, my goodness. What am I going to do? My makeup's not sitting. This heat's all terrible. Right? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me tell you something. She on the outside was what I am on the inside. I am not a prayer. I am a whiner. And, and I have to ask myself this question. Why pray when you can worry? Pray in the spirit, not for what I want, but going, God, the breastplate of righteousness. How can I in this relationship declare righteousness? The belt of truth. How can I walk in truth in this moment? In other words, Satan is telling me right now that I'm a piece of garbage, that I've always been a piece of garbage, that I'm only going to be a piece of garbage. Satan is telling me right now, listen, you tried this getting clean thing for a long, long time. You ain't going to get clean. Get out of here. You're going to struggle with this for the rest of your life. And forget about clean. You're not going to get, you're not going to improve. You're going to get, just stay stuck with this, this thing that you've struggled with for the rest of your life. And so when I Tell myself this stuff. I got to walk with the belt of truth, but it's in prayer where I go, God, the truth is, is that you have made me victor. And whether I get victory in this moment or in the future, you have given me victory for my victory is not in myself. It's found in Christ. You see, my identity is not found in my biography. My identity is found in Christ. Now watch this, but that's praying. Do you see how we're praying the armor, the belt of truth? the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace. God, right now, right now, I want to do harm to my coworker. I want to do harm to my neighbor. I want to do harm to my spouse or my kids or my friends or my acquaintances or in the meetings that I make. I want to do harm. They're talking about me, and I feel, God, help me to be a person who puts on the shoes of peace. Man, it was a... Um, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, my memory verse was Proverbs, and I'm sure I'll forget it now. Um, Proverbs 29, 1 and 11, and it says this. It says, um, those who remain stiff-necked after many, uh, after many rebukes um, will be destroyed without remedy. And then it goes on to say in verse 11, it says, fools give full vent to their rage but the wise bring peace or bring calm. Now watch this. When there's no peace around me, when everybody's acting like they're my foe, I can go, God, make me a person who walks in peace, who brings about calm. Lord, I feel offended, but you, Lord, can defend me because I'm praying. What am I doing? I'm praying the armor into my life. I'm walking, I'm praying in the spirit. You might have cut yourself for the last 20 years and you could one day, today, realize that Christ was cut for you so you don't have to cut yourself. You might be binging and purging 
yourself to a point where you feel terrible about yourself and you can remember that Christ thirsted and yet did not have the drink that satisfied him so that you could be satisfied in Christ. Your marriage could be falling apart and it could be very, very difficult right now and you could remember that in Christ you have a spouse. In fact, we are, the church is, his bride, and he is our husband, so that you go, if, even if I don't have a perfect marriage right now, even if my marriage is painful and difficult, I can rest in Christ because he's my spouse that satisfies me in every way. What am I doing? I'm praying the armor into my life. Pray in the spirit, not according to my flesh, but according to his will. I'm praying in the spirit on all occasions. Did we hear that? With all kinds of prayers, there's a, I mean, the only prayers that we generally pray are prayers of supplication. That means God supply my needs, give me, hand me, I need more, give me. That, those, are, those are the prayers that we pray. But there's so many different kinds of prayers. There's, there's prayers of intercession where we're literally interceding for other people. There's prayers of evangelism, missional prayers, where we're no longer caught up in our world and we're no longer just asking for our uncles and our aunts and our brothers and our sisters to know Christ, but we're praying for Brooklyn. We're praying for the rooms. We're praying for people to know Jesus in an intimate and powerful way. We're praying for politicians to know Christ and to be transformed by Christ so that they can make just laws that reflect the beauty and the love of Christ. What are we doing? There's different types of prayers, and so we need to avail ourselves to the kinds of prayers that are not just all about me. There are prayers of confession where we need to not confess the superficial, God, forgive me for watching this pornography. God, forgive me for, you know, lying to this person. God, forgive me. What? No, no, no. What we need to do is go under that and go, God, let me tell you something. The reason I go to the pornography, the reason I, the reason I do that is because I think that and a fantasy will give me more delight than you will. I, I find my salvation in this fantasy, not in you. Thank you very much. I have a different savior. Maybe I'll get back to you when I'm done. Maybe. See, that's the kind of confession. That, those are the kinds of prayers that we need to do. Because what are we doing? We're putting on the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. We're putting on the shoes of peace. We're fighting Satan with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We're putting on the helmet of salvation, reminding us that our identity is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ, not in all of these other things. So we're doing all kinds of prayers and requests. Now, let me just say this. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So here's a big idea that you could take with you today, okay? And not only do I want you to ask yourself this question, why pray when you can worry, but I want you to, this is the big idea. Pray for all people, in all places, at all times, by the Spirit. That's what we need to know today. We need to pray for all people, at all places, at all times, by the Spirit. Because this is the only way you can do it. You and I both know we won't pray. We're just too, we're just too committed to worry, to pray. Pray to all, for all people, in all places. Why? Because he says this in the very second half of verse 18. 
With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Do you see that? With this in mind, be alert. In other words, don't be in a spiritual stupor. Don't be, listen, um, years ago, this happened years ago, so I can say it now, um, although I didn't say it back then. I fasted for 40 days. I just did a 40-day water fast, and I was asking God. I, I was desperate for God's direction and leading, so I didn't have a grain of salt. I didn't have a speck of, I, I, I didn't have anything, nothing but water for 40 days, and around the 10th, maybe the 15th day, something dawned on me. That in my case, because I wasn't eating food, food numbed me to my desperate need for God. Here's what I mean by that. I would start worrying about stuff, and without thinking, I would grab for a bag of trail mix. I would start to be concerned about something, and without thinking, I would go, oh, is there any leftovers? Maybe I'll just cook myself up some leftovers. What I would do is I would run to my savior food so that I would feel some comfort rather than running to my Jesus so that he could direct and lead and comfort me himself. Beloved, if you're thinking, why don't I have a strong hunger for God? It's because you are numbing yourself with lesser gods. I'll give you another illustration about this. Uh, my mother was sick. She was on. She should have been out. She had 105. The doctor was mystified that she wasn't passed out. She had like a, 105, 105 and a half. It was like an insane fever. And she was talking to us like it was Thanksgiving morning. She was talking to us like it was like, yeah, man, well, you know, I'm just, I'm all right. And he would go, does this hurt? No. Does that hurt? Does this? And he was like, does this? he's poking and prodding her. He goes, why doesn't this hurt? He goes to her chart. And he flips it over, and he goes, ah, oh, come on. And he goes, do me a favor. Take her off all of these medications. It's like eight medications she was on. Of course she did not feel. She was numbed to how bad her situation was. And it would have led to her death. Be alert. But the problem with being alert is that you've numbed yourself. You've got these other things that if we took them from you, you'd have a nervous breakdown. You wouldn't know what to do with your emotions because you're not busy running to Jesus. You're busy falling asleep spiritually, <coughs> numbing yourself. You're on a, you're, it's like you nod spiritually. You know what I'm saying when I say you nod spiritually? Like, you, it's like you're like, uh, you know, and like all sorts of like there's prayers and you're like this. God, help me. You're on a nod. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Not only are we to pray, listen to me, how much time do we spend praying for each other? And it's not a whole lot of time, so just start doing it. Okay, now, here's the problem. Okay, so we got to go. Here's the deal. You will never pray in all places, at all times, 
for all people by the Spirit if you don't pray at some place and at some time for something. So here's what we're going to do. Let's figure it out. We got five minutes. When are you going to start praying? All right. Yeah, okay, now. Great. Glad. You're, um, when you leave, I'm convinced that these doors have a mental erasers. That when people walk through, it's like, what did the pastor preach about? Oh, I don't know. I just remember the nod. I remember the nod. It was very interesting. Ay, Dios mío. Listen to me. Listen to me. It's about praying. We're not going to, we're going to swipe our worrying for praying. We're not going to worry. We're going to pray. But here's the thing. You and I won't do it. We won't. We're too given to our ways. So listen to me. Do you, do you remember? We can pray. Let me tell you something. We can pray because Christ, Christ prayed for us. Do you remember this in the garden? Christ is about to go through the worst experience anybody could possibly go through. He's going to be crucified and condemned, given the death penalty for something that he didn't do. He's going to be the innocent, the only innocent man who's condemned. And what does he do? He's praying. He's praying for you. He t- now, the reason that that flowed so deeply out of him is because when you read the gospel, you find out very early in the morning, Jesus got up, left the room he was staying, and went off to a solitary pray- place to pray. We hear this all the time, over and over and over. Jesus gets up, leaves the surrounding people, and starts to pray. We see that now, if Jesus did this for us, do you think Jesus could do this in us? Yeah, I bet you he could. You see, when you rely on your own strength, when you rely on your own strength, you won't pray. You'll pray sometimes, you won't pray sometimes, you'll have lofty ideas of praying, and then you'll fail, and you don't know how to do it, so you won't bother praying. No, no, no. But what will happen is, is that Christ will clothe you. He'll clothe you in prayer. And because he's praying for you, he'll also pray in you. And he'll pray through you. So, here's the deal. I have a a couple of suggestions for you to pray. If you don't know how to pray, if you have no idea how to pray, I want you to write this down. Redeemer Formation. It's a church in Manhattan. And they send out a, a... a prayer email every day. And the prayer email has um, quotes, scriptures, and direction. It has quotes, scriptures, and direction. Now, if the prayer email is too long, then just do a little bit and then build up. I don't care if you stop at the very first scriptural quote where it's like one verse and then you meditate on that preparing your heart. But this is, listen to me. This is not wham, bam, thank you, ma'am prayers. This is patient, waiting on the Lord, shutting off Facebook, turning off the phone. (gasps) (laughs) Turning off the TV. Lessening the distractions around us. 
And so if that means that you have to print out the prayer so that you just have a piece of paper so that you're not on the screen and you don't hear the ting, do it. Find a place. I have a place. I have a place where I pray. It's my place. What's your place? Actually, I have two. One is my bathroom because everybody needs a prayer closet. Everybody needs a place. And in my house, I got, listen, I got, I got five kids. I got a wife. I got responsibilities coming everywhere. I, I got to get to a place where my bathroom. What's your place? I don't know. Pick one. Okay. Secondly, after you pick your place to pray, how much time are we going to give to this thing? Five minutes? Let's start with five minutes. I'm not mad. Let's start with five minutes. Get your prayer thing. Redeemer um, formation. Get it. Subscribe to the email link. Do that. Pray your five minutes. And that's it. And then tomorrow, pray five minutes. But you go, no, this is just not enough time. Good news. Put more, more time on the, on the clock. And, and pray ten minutes. And let it grow. But here's what we do. We're going to start small. We're going to think big. Because what we're not going to do is we're not going to work in our flesh. Because here's what's going to happen. Some of you are like really convicted. And you're like, yeah, man, I'm going to pray. This is it, man. I've said that before. But right, I'm really going to pray. And by the middle of the week, you are going to be so discouraged at the fact that you don't pray. Because you're going to go like, I'm going to pray for 20 minutes. And uh, Okay. Let's, let's start small. Remember, this is something that God is doing in us. And so, you do that, and you let it grow gradually. Grow it by five minutes each time. Then, here's the deal. Don't leave till you've finished praying, until till you've committed to praying for not only your concerns, your needs, and but pray for the elders here. Pastor Pedro, Pastor Gus. Pray for the elders here. Pray for the leaders that are around us. Pray that God would start causing a revival in the recovery house of worship, that we would be a church known for holiness and holy submission unto Jesus. Start praying for that. Start praying for that. And so get into that five minutes. But you got a place? You got a time? When are you going to do it? Are you going to do it in the morning, in the middle of the day, at night? When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Do you have it figured out? No? No? When are you going to do it? Let's figure it out. And then finally, let's find a place, find a time. And here's the thing. Be expectant. Be expectant. Go, God, I can't believe this. You're going to spend time with me. Um, I was in uh, Texas, and um, I, was, uh, I was in Texas for this week. And I had an opportunity to meet a hero of mine, right? If I mentioned his name, all of you would, well, a lot of you Christians would know him, right? He's written a lot of books, and he's, it's super cool, right? So I, I was able to meet, but I was like, all right, I'm meeting with so-and-so. And so I came dressed well. I came with thoughts that I wanted to share. I came focused. I was all about meeting this person. Okay, that's the way we can come in prayer. We go, wait, we're meeting the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So here's what I know. Here's what I know. How many of you think you're going to fail at this by the end of the week? Raise your hand. 
A lot of you should raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you are. Of course you are. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Our prayers just, listen. So right now, as you're, as you're expecting tomorrow morning when you pray, and I recommend mornings because um, when you start today, you can always excuse yourself not to do it. Okay. But you just go, Jesus, you prayed for me. And you're praying for me. And you love me. Help me to turn to you, to pray to you, to rest in you, knowing that my joy is going to be found in prayer and not going to be in my worry. Because I don't, I don't have to live on worry. Why pray when I can worry? Let's see if we can flip that and say, why worry if I can pray? So let's pray. Father, Lord, we don't need we don't need resolutions, Lord. We don't need to try harder and to do better. That's never worked. Give us a vision of Jesus. Jesus being our righteousness so that we can wear a blessed plate of righteousness, not because of what we have done, but because what he has done for us. Give us a vision of Jesus being our truth. We can put on the belt of truth because Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. And we don't have to believe what Satan says about us, but we can trust that Jesus is the truth and what he says is sufficient. Lord, we just don't put on the shoes of peace, but remind us that Jesus is our peace and that while we were yet enemies against him, he created peace for us by laying down his life. So if he could create peace for us, maybe he could create peace through us. Remind us, O oh God, that our faith is in Christ, that he's our shield of faith because he died and rose again. That we have a sword of the Spirit, your word. You've given us Jesus and therefore have given us everything that we need to stand in the difficulty and the circumstances of life. And you've given us a way to access those things and it's prayer. So Lord, would you make us a people of prayer? Would you make us a people who long for Jesus? And that a natural overflow of that longing for Jesus would be prayer. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now.